Welcome to the Jockey Club, a podcast looking at the movie Let It Ride, one scene at a time. My name is Dan Delgado, and we're at historic Hylia Park where one man is having the best day of his life. I'm having a good day. So come on in and hang out while we talk about this day and the greatest movie of all time, Let It Ride. Don't worry about that guy at the door. I've got you covered. You can even take my seat to the Jockey Club. Welcome back to the Jockey Club. My name is Dan Delgado, and we are up to the 27th episode, which means that we're doing the 27th scene of Let It Ride. And really, it's the 27th scene, according to me. This is the scene where Trotter returns to Marty's bar to convince everyone to bet with him. With me to discuss this scene is Jason Beam. Now, Jason is no stranger to the world of horse racing. He's the announcer for Tampa Bay Downs, and he hosts a podcast for Twin Spires Racing, the accurately titled Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast. And if that's not enough for you, the man also happens to be an author. And I also want to mention up front, this episode is being released the week of Thanksgiving. And if you'd like to give thanks to this podcast, you can do so by simply leaving a rating or review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you may be listening to this. It may or may not make a difference, but it will warm my cold, dead heart. I also need to confess something to you. There was an audio incident in this episode. Some of it didn't make it to the finish line. Really, it's not much, but it does happen. So you may notice that around the eight or nine minute mark. Just know that it's 100% completely my fault. And if you're playing along at home, this is from minute 110.49 to 113.43. So now let's head on up to my usual table at the Jockey Club to discuss what a luck box is, the loser mentality, and the 27th scene of Let It Ride. All right, so Jason, first thing I'd like to know from you is if you could remember the first time that you saw Let It Ride and what your initial reaction to it was, and has that changed over time? I was a, a late adopter. I, I hadn't heard of it until I was working in horse racing. And so, so that would have been oh six oh seven. Oh wow! Very, yeah, real real early into when I started announcing, and I remember somebody just said something about horse racing movies. I'm sure it was Sea Biscuit they were talking about because it was probably not long after that came out. Mm-hmm. And I distinctly remember ordering it on eBay on oh. the DV, the DVD because it was not you know the streaming was not around right, and it, it and it was not like all that readily available. Like you had to kind of you know, look on, look through the eBay files to, to find one. And uh, so I mailed away for it and watched it and specifically remember thinking it was great. I mean, I don't know how any horse player can't relate to a lot of parts of it. And the scene we're talking about tonight, I think really hits home for a lot of horse players because we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. Okay, great. So uh, another thing I want to ask you about real quick is that you mentioned that you watched it every year the day before the Portland Meadows opening day. Someone else on Twitter had a, a, a watching ritual with Let It Ride. Uh, mm-hmm. a use, at RayLV702 let me know that he watches it every year before the Breeders' Cup. So 
just what's going on with the with the ritual? What what was that about? So it was. Uh, I I was lucky when I first got into announcing because I had two jobs right away. I had River Downs in the spring and summer, and Portland Meadows in the fall and winter. So I actually did it each opening day, so twice a year, I guess. And my tradition was I would go out to a really nice dinner and color my program. If you've seen a lot of race callers do this, we'll color the with crayons or colored pencils. I use colored pencils. Our programs because we use a handheld program for when you're looking through the binoculars in case you need to look real quick. It's there. And so I'll color in the jockey silks and the saddle towels, and it, it kind of became my ceremony to go out for a really nice dinner, color the program at said dinner, and then go home and watch Let It Ride and look at the, the programs. And I did that for, I remember doing it for years. I haven't done it in a little while, but um, <laughs> that, was, that was my ever. In Portland, I would always go to El Gaucho, which was a really good steakhouse there in Portland. And then I feel like in Cincinnati, I switched it a, f- a few different times. But like I'd, th- I'd go to the Jeff Ruby's downtown once. There was a Jeff Ruby's Tropicana, which was a floating steakhouse in the Ohio River that at one point floated away like it got off the boat. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> and if you look up Jeff Ruby's like Ohio River, there, there's probably articles about it. But yeah, like this, the, the restaurant literally floated like 100 feet down the water. I'm totally uh, putting it down so I can look this up. Yeah. But um, no, so that was that was kind of my little let it ride tradition. And, you know, there's a lot of horse racing movies that have you know that are good but i think horse players like they're just you're never going to match you know that one yeah well it, it's the movie that's about the horse player as opposed to the yeah. jockey and the horse and you know the the winning of a race it's more like the the winning of a bet is really what it's yeah really all about all right so so let's discuss the scene i'll kind of break down the events of the scene and any thoughts, comments that you have, I welcome them. Feel free to interrupt me at any time. Okay. All right, so this scene starts where Trotter is walking back into Marty's bar. In the previous scene, he has just, he went home. Maybe he was going to stay home. He, he goes home. He's got a necklace for his wife. He's got most of his $69,000, but he picks up a card, calls it, turns it over the card he's called is the one in his hand so he still has jason he still has the magic yeah he still has the whatever well, that the, is there's the there's the twinkle music in the background too right like you, when he pulled i think i think it's five of clubs and, and it, but it's like you hear the do 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 and so yes the, the magic is in the air yes i'm just curious have you ever had such kind of of magic in your career I thought I did but boy it goes away really fast it doesn't stick around for a whole day that's for sure <laughs> All right, so as soon as Trotter goes now, knowing that he still has the juice, he goes back. First, he's going to go to Marty's bar. He walks in, and people are very excited to see him. It's a completely different experience for Trotter returning to the bar, whereas before, they weren't so happy with him as as he won that first race, as he won that second race. Eh, we don't need this guy around anymore. But now, after the third race win, he walks in, and everyone is excited. People are chanting his name. Evangeline, who's now drinking beer and smoking cigarettes, as opposed to before when she shows up and she's all innocent. She says, now that's a man when he comes in. <laughs> and Looney is hugging him. Marty gives him a toast. Okay. So, Jason... Everybody was not happy with Trotter as a winner before, after the first initial wins. Now he's returning after the third win, and it's a completely different story. What do you think is going on? Do you have any, do you have any ideas? 
Yeah, I think this is a major, major horse player thing. And I equate it to modern day Twitter because somebody, if somebody posts a big score mm-hmm. on Twitter, they will get new followers. And I've had friends who have hit for five, 6,000 on a ticket and they'll message me like, dude, I got like 30 new followers today. <laughs> people are drawn to people who win. You know, you if you win a big tournament, the NHC, the BCBC or stuff. In fact, the guy that won the BCBC last week, like I remember looking, he's a, a 300 more followers than he had three days ago. People are drawn to to winners. And there was a guy that used to be on Twitter named JJ, who's actually since passed away, but he was and he was a young guy, but he was at DMR Surfside. And he used to make more noise when he would make a win than anybody online. But everybody started following him because he got hot. And I, and I think that. There's just, there's a lot of superstition amongst horse players, but it, when Trotter walks into the bar, to me, yeah. everybody is now they they all now believe right because the theme of the the one of the not the theme of the movie, but a lot of the theme of the movie is is with those characters in the bar is picking a winner right like they're, yes. even the first race when he first walks in, they're talking about how you know you really like this one I like this one you know and I got a 32 star system versus a 40 star you know yes all the, it's so much about just picking the winner and. He's now picking winners, right? And he he's got it. And even Cheeseburger, who when when everybody else is excited, he's in there. But Cheeseburger's got to still try to knock him down a peg, right? Like in this scene, he's he still says, "We'll be here when you blow it all." Oh my god, it's maybe it's one of my favorite lines in the movie. Is yeah, we'll be here to pick you up when it's over. Oh my god, it cracks me up every time. No one's into this idea. They're all very excited as he's describing it. But once he gets to, we're going to bet it together. And we're going to bet it together. Yes. (laughs) It's just dead silence, coughs. No one wants to do this. What is this about? Is this, I'm more interested in your advice than I'm interested in your advice costing me money. I'm willing to listen to you and be around you, but I don't know if I want to dig into my pocket based on what you say. What do you think, Jason? To me, this is the mystery of the scene, and, and I don't know. Because I, I remember thinking, like, wait a minute, why did they all drop the excitement? Like, of course that's what he's talking about, is <laughs> that we're, we're going to all bet it, and we're going to all make money and stuff like that. Yeah, the, that part of the scene throws me a little bit because I feel like I feel like he said exactly what they should have thought he was building up to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because because he because he builds it up right. He's like, I'm hot, right? And they all yes. say, Yeah. He's like, What if we do this? Yeah. And like, it's it's one or two little lines, and then a cheer, and then a cheer, and it's like, it seems obvious that he's building up to like, we're gonna let it ride, we're gonna do it. Yeah, it really so does. I, yeah. I don't get why they don't want in on the fun. Okay. All right. So the, the, I was hoping that you maybe could explain this to me because this has always kind of made me wonder because I'll tell you if I'm there maybe I'm not going to put ev- you know he's asking for everything yeah, everything yeah, yeah. you've got every last like he's saying it as though go home hawk everything in the house and then come back go get th- your $75 of O positive blood that, that's, ex- <laughs> that's exactly right bring it here we all bet it together yeah yeah, because I know that if, I, if I'm there, whatever I have in my pocket, I will bet with him. Yeah, I, I, it just it, it made more sense to me that they all should 
want to jump in. Or at least somebody would have. Literally, the whole bar just went back to normal within four seconds. Yes, everyone is back. Everyone is, is back talking about other... Well, what I love is the, the little conversations that they're yeah. now having about the other horses. Marty is talking about a 27-star system he has for a horse that he wouldn't bet his grandmother on. I like I this he, I love that he refers to it as a system. I know. It's a system. It's 27 stars. Yeah. That's not enough to bet your grandmother on. That's a lot of stars. Yeah. No, that, 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 like I said, it, it just the whole part confused me a little bit because I thought everybody should kind of jump on it. And it just it seemed like it was the, the logical build up to what he was he was saying. But it it also proves a little bit that I think losing horse players never do what's in their best interest. And it, it, it just seems very appropriate that they would shy away from the guy who's hot. Yeah, it, it really does make me wonder if this is just playing into whatever the loser mentality is. Because yeah. Marty's bar is unquestionably full of, of losers, right? Yeah. There's not really a, a, another way to, to put it. And the fact that the sure thing is right in front of them and they don't want to take it. Is there something that, that the horse player, that the, that the, um, let me rephrase, that the losing horse player has that will yeah. prevent them from winning? Is there something that says, okay, like maybe way in the back of their mind, they don't even know it, that says, the- oh, no, 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 I, I, this looks like it's going to work out. I, I don't want to do it. Just like in, in the beginning, Looney has the opportunity to bet yeah. with Trotter and, and passes on it. I mean, Trotter says earlier in the movie, God hates him, right? Yes. Yeah, and, and and I really, truly believe, and I say this as someone who at, at many points of my life has been a sick gambler. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's times that you think that the world and God and whatever else is against you because there's so many just crazy ways to, to, to get beat in this game in any game, right? I mean, I've played poker where the one card that can beat you comes out. and But I almost think that there is a mentality. I mean, Logically, now as an older, maybe more uh, intelligent, better. Mm-hmm. Like I know, I know that 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 one out of fifty shot is going to happen one out of every fifty times. And I know that if that happens to me, I still did everything else right. I just got unlucky this time, right? But I think before I used to think like you know, I, like I get that idea of like God hates me, right? Because yeah, you you think that because. It just seems impossible to lose certain ways sometimes or to keep losing, continue. Like when, you know, Looney asked earlier on, like, uh, when's the last time I had a winning week? And he's like, February 3rd, three years ago, 22 bucks. Like, <laughs> you know, Looney's just, it, it, I don't even know that he's a born loser. He's just playing a game that's really tough to beat. And he obviously has, I mean, his systems are, are awful. Yeah, well, his system is the, the same name as my cat. If I yeah, bet yeah. a half on the Packers, maybe they won't lose so bad. Like all of his his ideas are terrible. I think my they lost seventy five to three or something. The Packers. That's right. Yes, <laughs> the most improbable score of all time. So, but like you know, if I'm Looney, like I'm taking that as a sign from the universe. Like I bet the Packers, and they lost the biggest lopsided loss in the history of the NFL. There can't have ever been a seventy five to three game in the NFL from 1980 on right it seems impossible which is funny but like it just reinforces like that's how bad looney is and it's the one time that he pressed from 50 dollars to 500 (laughs) that's true that's true so everyone in the bar maybe has the looney bug inside of them yeah i think there's i think there's a defeatist attitude amongst a lot of gamblers because they've been defeated regularly and 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 it can't be their fault right it's not that they're bad players 
it's God, it's the universe, it's whatever. Because, you know, I feel like people who are losers at games like that, like they don't want to look in the mirror. <laughs> don't blame the player, blame the game. Blame the game, yeah. But, but an entirely different meaning yeah, in our version here. Yeah, all right. So, Jason, if you're in the bar, and here comes Trotter with his 69K and his three wins in a row and his let it ride attitude, I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, what is it that you would be doing in this situation? I would probably be watching and talking about what a luck box he is. And, like, and, and, <laughs> wait, and, uh, and, and, what's a, like, I'm sorry, I don't know this term. Luck box. Here, nobody should listen to him. Well, that's true, because he's not actually doing any uh, handicapping in this film at all. Yeah. Right? I mean, the, the, the hearing the information in the cab, like, at least, I mean, at least it's something, right? But it's also, there's information that's given out every day by every trainer, and 10% of the time it comes in. <laughs> all right. So, since we're actually having this little bit of a conversation, the idea that they held charity back for a few weeks, how yeah. good of uh, a tip is that? I mean, I'm sure in 1980-whatever, it was it was probably somewhat decent. Now, yeah, I mean, well, and because I know when they when they show the PPs, the PPs show like 81, 82, so it's like an old racing form. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, or the horse is 10 and, and oh. just hasn't run. But like when they zoom in on a couple of the racing form shots, like I feel like you see 81 and 82. And so... Oh, that's um, hilarious. Yeah, so it, they probably literally just grabbed an old form or something. But because maybe they needed like... You know, they actually needed a horse named Charity, and one hadn't run since 1981. Or I don't know, and maybe it's just a random coincidence. But I feel like nowadays, seemingly yeah. with much better like broadcast and video, like I feel like people pick up on suspicious stuff and trips a little bit better now. <laughs> and and if they would have if they would have held Charity back three or four starts in a row, like. There would have been some trip handicappers that would have been sniffing it out and talking about it on social media. Okay, so that's not working today. That's not flying these days. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you could a little bit, but yeah. like the the video quality is just too good now and the stewards are all watching on multiple cameras. Like they're going to see if you're you know really you're, really holding on tight. Yeah, if if you're uh, yeah, okay, I got gotcha. you. If you're yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're doing a thing. Doing yeah. a thing. Uh, all right. So now Trotter says at the, just before he ends up, before he leaves, he looks around at everybody and he just says, "You don't understand." Yeah, like they don't understand what's going on with him. That's kind of our last point. Then he leaves, and is it possible for them to understand? Is he right? I mean, in a sense, he is. Yeah, I, I, I think they're. I think they're all bitter that he's had this great day. Like, it's almost like to some degree, it's like they're. He's now not one of them, right? Like, he's, he's, he's made the big score. Like, he, he's gotten what they wanted. So I think there's just a lot of jealousy running around the room. Even though they were all kind of buying into the hype and the excitement, like, I think the real at their real true core, they're kind of bitter about the whole thing. All right. So one more hypothetical question for you. So let's just say Trotter does not make the fourth bet. Let's just say he goes back home and... He stays away from the track for about a week because I figure he could stay away for maybe about a week. And then, <laughs> then he comes back to the bar. Yeah. How are they treating him then? Is, are they still fascinated by him because of his wins? Or are they, is it all just back to normal? Oh, that was last week. That's all over now. Well, I forget because he does the when he does the math of the money he's won and I owe taxes and I got to pay this 12 years rent, all this kind of stuff. And yes. then he goes, I'm broke, you know? Yeah. So... 
Is he? I mean, if he's broke from the sixty-nine thousand, and he does go do all that stuff, which he's not. There's no way that any horse players pay in their rent in advance twelve years. Twelve off. years. Yeah, I don't. I don't know any any regular human who's going to pay twelve years of rent. What landlord is going to take that? Especially, you know, I mean, come on. They're going to be like, no, we're yeah. going to raise your rent in five years. But we, we, um, we all saw the duplex he's living in. Why would you yeah. pay 12 years of rent for that anyway? I can only speak for myself, but I know that after big scores, I'm, I'm going right back just because I'm feeling, A, I mean, first of all, you're flush. Yes. And second of all, like, you're feeling like you maybe got, got it going. Every time I used to have a big score, like, the next day, I'm like, I'm going to be a professional horse player now. This is, this is just what it's going to be. And, and reality <laughs> would happen, you know, would, would direct me away from that very, very quickly. But this, I don't know, because it, it's funny. Like, I, I do think that some people will sit on a win, but... I, Trotter doesn't strike me as the guy. I mean, his wife certainly doesn't think he's going to. She, I mean, if anything, she's going to try to get the money, right? Absolutely. And, and like, what, you know, maybe uh, like when <laughs> the scene before she says, here, just give me all the money. I'll give you $10 if you have to bet. Yes. <laughs> and of course, then the famous line, like, there is no racing without betting. Oh, yeah. I don't understand why you can't just yeah. <laughs> watch the horses run around and not bet on them. And everybody just indignantly laughs at him from around the <laughs> jockey club. Yeah, it's such a great, hilarious moment. And yes, that that is such a perfect line that Trotter. I mean, he, the way he delivers it to his to his own wife in public yeah. is terrible. But that sentence of because there is no racing without betting, it really yeah. does kind of sum it all up, right? Well, I, and and I've seen that line, the the idea of like betting is ruined racing, or we need to you know get rid of betting from a few people in the industry in recent years. And I mean. You want to talk about just having no awareness of what really drives the sport. Like, those folks are completely in la-la land. Wait, th- there's, there is actually in people in horse racing who oh, feel yeah. that the betting is the thing that needs to go? I, I've, I've, seen it, I've seen it mentioned a few times on Twitter over the years. My, my good buddy inside the pylons, there's one screenshot he has that he posts about every other week of, of the person who said that. And I don't, I don't want to, you know, give him crap because... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, no naming of names. It's fine, but still, yeah. That's but a, that's what they feel, and they're entitled to. But I just, I just think it's completely ignoring the primary driver and motivation of of this industry. Yeah, I would, I would just categorize it as impossibly naive, is yeah. what I would say. Well, and I know that a lot of the a lot of horsemen and and people in that side of the business, or people who just came to it as fans, like. We all see it through. We all see everything through our lenses and our worldview and our experiences, right? So I get that maybe they didn't come up on the betting side of things like like I did, and so I guess I can see how they just aren't maybe as aware of how important it is. But it's it's obviously frustrating, and, and you know, you try to I try to respond respectfully and not may, be too mean to them. Please be respectful, Jason. Please. Yeah. All right, so we are already at the end of the scene, Jason. We've we've done it. So, is there anything else that you'd like to add about the scene, or or let it ride in general? No, I it, I hadn't watched it in probably two or three years. So it was when when you asked me to come on, I, I watched it again, and it was it was fun to go back and and I think like a lot of really good movies, you even watching something for the twentieth or thirtieth time, you pick up something little, mm-hmm. uh, you know, an extra and. The part that makes me laugh is there's a when Trotter's driving around the cab, and he's listening to the tape of the guy saying, "You're telling me you had the jockey hold charity back." It's very obvious that there's two different recordings of it because he's the the two guys that are having the conversation, and 
like when he the first time when it's happening, it's kind of very slow and deliberate. No, I'm not telling you that at all. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And when Trotters listen to the replay, he plays it twice, and it sounds completely different one time from the other. And I don't know why it cracks me up that it's obvious because the guy's like, "You're telling me you had charity." Like he's, it's almost like he's reading it one time, and then the other time is the actual acting. But there's just so many little moments in the movie that are so funny and so relating to horse players and. Like that's to, to me. I, I emailed with Jay Cronley once, who wrote the book, oh, yeah. um, years and years ago. Yeah, because I, I had written a novel, and I, at the time I was kind of trying to figure out how to get it published. And he kind of offered some insights, and, and you know, obviously the publishing world had changed quite a bit since then. But he was just really cool about it, and, and you know, you just realize how much he kind of nailed a lot of little stuff. And that, I think that says a lot because Hollywood movies, like my book, got optioned for film stuff, and the first thing they wanted to do is basically change everything and i know that hollywood and movies in general they love to make things more accessible make it you know a little yeah. bit easier to digest and i think that somehow let it ride still managed to carry a lot of inside jokes for maybe not the biggest you know audience that will get them but i think that's helped it become very much a loyal you know fanship of the even though obviously it wasn't like some crazy huge commercial success yeah, that, that is a really good point. Um, hmm. All right, so, so so Jason, what's the name of your book? Oh, Southbound, it's oh, called, yeah. All right, so now I'm going to add that to my list of things. Yeah, they just did an audio book of it, actually, last, last year, but it's been out for eight years now. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. All right, what's it about? Uh, it's a about a gambling degenerate announcer <laughs> who decides to become a professional, or try to take his hand. It was me playing out my fantasy of wanting to be a professional gambler and how I think it would have played out if I did that. But it, I, I use a, a little bit of my background, but it's it's very much fiction. Like I, I put the character in a lot of desperate spots and and stuff like that. But it was uh, it, it was a journal exercise that went awry essentially. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It sounds fantastic. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, Jay Cronley is Jay Trotter in in his book. Yeah, I yeah. mean, unquestionably. So it's totally understandable. And and really, what else could you do? Thank you for listening to the Jockey Club. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Dan Delgado. Thank you to my guest, Jason Beam. Look for Jason's podcast, the Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, wherever you got this podcast from. There's going to be a link to it in the show description, and there's also a link to Jason's book in there as well. Check it out. Our theme music is from Epidemic Sound. Our cover art is by Sean Labrie. And if you enjoyed this episode, and I would like to think that you did, then you can help the show out by buying me a coffee, a real legitimate thing that... A couple of you have been nice enough to do. There's a link in the show notes on how to do it. Now, if you're saving up all your pennies to bet on the four horse, I understand. You can still support the show by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you may be listening to this. And since the holidays are coming up, I would remind you all that if you're looking for some merch to give to that big jockey club fan of yours, yes, we actually have some. Get a shirt, get a mug, Get yourself some more Jockey Club love in your life. And if you'd like, you can contact me through email, dan at moviemaker.com. I'm on Twitter at underscore Dan underscore Delgado. Or even better, I'm on the Repod app, which is a great way to not only to listen to podcasts, but to interact with podcast hosts. 
You can find it in your app store. So come on by and say hello. This has been Dan Delgado for The Jockey Club. And remember, sometimes you could be walking around lucky and not even know it. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. 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 We're going to take everything we've got. Yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. I've got. Yeah. And everything yeah. you've got. Yeah. Every last cent. Yeah. We're going to put it all together into one big pile. Oh, yeah. Better together! Yeah!